Rebecca, we don't hear you. Star one to unmute. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 20th, 2018, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph on page 98, Burn the idea into the consciousness through clean house. Today's readers are Zakia J, Alice uh, Craig F, Allison L, Martha Z, and Martha Z. Sorry about that. The reference number for Sunday, August nineteenth, two thousand eighteen's special edition meeting is eleven eight zero seven. That's one one eight zero seven. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Zakia J. to read the 12 steps of OA. Thank you so much. I'm Zakia J, a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had home and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to serve and I'll mute. Thank you, Zakia J. I will now ask Craig F. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Leon B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, um, and I'll be reading the 12 traditions. One, uh, common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. <clears throat> Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Leon B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 7, Working with Others, page 98, the second paragraph, 
burn the idea into the consciousness. I will now ask Allison L. to read that one paragraph for us. Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Thank you. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. Okay, well, that is a powerful two sentences that we, like you said, we'll talk about for three hours today. So much to be said. Again, Allison L. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Um, what this brings to mind is, okay, burn the idea into consciousness, but how do I do this? Well, I do it by um, by the example I live um, and and taking them always back to the step work. Whatever is going on in, in a sponsee's life when we get on the phone, um, whatever um, life is bringing their way, we get right back into the book. We go right to the step work. Um, trust God and clean house. That's what the steps are all about. So I can share my experience of all the things that happened in my life that would have been perhaps reasons to say, I can't, I can't do this today. I can't have my call today. I can't read the book today, or I I don't have time to pray, or um, I don't have time to do a a 10 step turnaround or to use the skills that I learned and in, in the step work, I don't have time for that today. Um, there are many, I mean, life continues to be thrown at me and continue to happen. It doesn't stop or slow down so that I can do the things that I, I, I think um, that I, I would want to do to sit quietly and pray for hours. I mean, that's not an option. Um, so I share my experience of how I continue to go back to um, trusting in God and cleaning house by using the steps. Um, and I share that with them and burn that into their consciousness that there's nothing in life that can be thrown at you um, that you can't use the step work for. It's about trusting in God no matter what life throws were in this life to be to play the role that, that God assigns. We're no longer trying to control or manage ourselves. And so um, that's how I um, give my sponsees that example. And that's how it was given to me. Um, when I would talk with my sponsor, we didn't sit and talk about my problems or my life. Um, you know, at one point I, I realized, I don't even think my sponsor knows, you know, that I'm married or has kids early when we first started talking. It was straight into the the, the reading, the, the big book, the instructions for how am I going to live my life? How am I going to trust God? How am I going to clean house? We go straight to those instructions um, for, for how we can get through any situation. And with that, I'll pass. I, I look forward to hearing what everybody has to share. Pass. Thank you, Allison L. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Kim G. Kim G. Harlan Andy S. Harlan G. And I heard, I think Gabby S. Was it? Sandy S. Oh, Sandy S. Sorry. Katie G. Katie G. We have Kim G, 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 Sandy S, and Katie G. Why don't you go ahead, Kim G? Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. I'm shocked. I actually don't even have notes yet because I figured it'd be tons of people uh, (laughs) chiming in on this. 
Burn the idea into the conscience of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God, which to me is steps one through nine, and then clean house, which is steps 10, 11, and 12. So that's going to give us this pattern for life. You know, I, I, I personally, my mom was in OA when I was 10. So, you know, I understood what quote unquote OA was. And when I came in at 27, I thought to myself, well, I'm so much smarter than my mother. You know, if there's 12 steps, I can come in here for 12 weeks and I'm done. I have to tell you that was 20-something years ago. That this is a consistent process. This is a way of living. And I kind of want to talk about what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, burn the idea to the consciousness of every man that he has to go to a 90 and 90. Burn into the consciousness of every man, meeting makers make it. Burn into the consciousness of every man that it depends on who your sponsor is whether you're going to recover or not. It's based on a relationship with a higher power. And I have to tell you for myself, for many decades in this, in this um, program, what I did is I relied on human aid. You know, I, I relied on the tools to keep me abstinent, which if I'm a real compulsive overeater, they will work for a time and they will work at certain times, but there's nothing lasting in that. The only thing that, that, <laughs> I, I, I laugh at the fact that I spent many years in Overeaters Anonymous, a 12-step program, trying to figure out all the ways that I can quote-unquote work program and not work the 12 steps. Because when I would say, well, I'm coming in and out of program, what I realized now is I thought I was coming in and out of the fellowship. And my game plan for many years was fellowship and fear. If I can listen to enough war stories that could have scared me so that one day at a time, I cannot eat my substance, and if I go to bed abstinent, even though I've caused wreckage, even though I'm insane, even though I've never been more terrified in my life, that was a good day. And this, this book is telling me that I can have a life beyond my, my understanding, beyond my wildest dreams. I have to tell you, many of the people who are mentors in my life today, in AA and in OA, their sponsors aren't sober. Their sponsors aren't abstinent. The, the voices that help me in the beginning, often of them are in disease or dead. But thank you that they let me know that my sobriety, my absence is not dependent on them. It's dependent on a relationship with a higher power. And it doesn't matter if you work at the White Castle or in the White House. This is available for you regardless of what your life circumstances are. So if you are suffering right now, please jump in. The water is warm. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim G. Harlan G. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm Harlan G. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in sweltering steam bath in Scottsdale, Arizona. There's a word that is not in the paragraph. And this is the same thing I said Friday and the same thing I said when we read uh, Thursday. Um, priority. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that this must be job one. Nothing, nothing that I put for, before God am I going to keep. I tried to run after money. I tried to run after women. I tried to run after friends. It didn't matter what I was trying to run after. It didn't matter 
because until this became the number one reason why I breathe and why I wake up in the morning, I did not recover. I am here to tell someone else what God did for me. I am here and I have survived because I make this job one. Nothing comes before this. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Sandy S. Hello? Hi, Sandy. Hi. This is Sandy S. I want to say from absolutely amazingly beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. And what's wonderful is I'm finally able to really appreciate where I live. And that's because of what Harlan just said. There's absolutely nothing. There's not even a close second to anything that comes before my recovery. And it is burned into my mind. First, that my recovery and abstinence, for me, they go hand in hand. I don't have one without the other, are the most important thing in my life. There's nothing in this to close second. And I consider that a gift from God. And when I read this, the thing that's the hardest for me and continues to be the hardest for me is to trust in God. Easy for me to clean house, easy for me to do actions. That's always been easy. But really, at a deep gut level, what um, I forgot who it was, but any of, one of the supporters of the 12-step program, the deep surrender. The deep surrender is at an unconscious level, and I can't make it happen. But what I can do every day is I pray, I really pray just for today, God, that I have difficulty believing in, that I'm willing to believe in, Show me how you're working in my life. And, and it's, it's amazing. I mean, I feel, and I've shared this before, that I am on an upward path, just like I was on a downward path before, before the program. And that even things that are obstacles, I just see them as my fuel to move forward. And I had a major obstacle yesterday when my husband when I realized my husband was taking the wrong pills for his cardiac conditions or whatever, he was taking extra pills, he was missing others, and I went into calamity. You know what? But I prayed, and I was able to meet that situation with serenity. My husband is fine now. You know, and that's what I'm looking for. How can I trust in a higher power? Every single day, what do I need to do to be open to God's presence in my life? Because that is the biggest challenge for me. On some level, I keep thinking I'm God and I need to do everything. So whatever it takes, I'm willing to do today to surrender to a higher power. Even though I'm recovered, the real challenge for me is step three. Can I turn my will, my will over to the care, care? of God. I'm willing to do that, whatever it takes in terms of action, not words, action. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy S. Katie G. 
Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. And I spent my whole life eating and starving and throwing up because of everyone, right? Because I grew up in an abnormal household. Well, join the club, KDG, because, you know, because dad did this, because mom did this. And I always thought that if I understood why, if I understood why I used food and starving and binging and purging, why, and I could blame it on the right source and get the right healing at the right time, then I would be okay. And what this, whatever paragraph is telling me is burn into my like mindfulness, like at each and every moment have it tethered to my breath that no matter what you're doing, no matter what's happening in my life and life's in session, so guess what? People are going to die, things are going to happen, and they're not going to be pretty, right? But I can get well regardless of anyone or anything I'm going to add. The only condition is that I trust in God, which means for me, first and foremost, I'm not trusting the food. I'm not trusting the food, entire abstinence. We've been talking about that at every step, right? That is the basis. That is the foundation. Allergy of the body. I got I to gotta obey that. And then I clean house. And cleaning house allows me to continue to realize how I need to step out in faith and look at because I have this consciousness that wants to keep going back and saying, well, you know, I'd be having a good day if only. I'd be having a good, good day if this was happening. If you had my life, you would do that too, right? If you had this... No, no, no. I stay entirely abstinent, and regardless of what anyone else is doing, I behave as a woman of honor, dignity, and grace. Guess what this means? No more excuses, KDG. We, we disregard the other person entirely, right? Like, I should be able to go to an island, and if I want, if, if I want to stay connected to God today, that means that on that island, for me, I need to weigh and measure. I need to figure out how to have no flour, no sugar, and obey my, my you know, the confines of, or follow my, my abstinence guidelines, and then do my program, you know, whether, whatever that means. It means taking ownership of my life. It means practicing the willingness to bear discomfort that when I do my 10th step and people say to me again and again, KDG, you're wrong. KDG, come back here. KDG, come back here. Come to us. Regardless of what they're doing, you can be emotionally sane, joyous, and graceful today if you trust God, if you shut your mouth and trust God. And that is the promise. And I'm going to just keep showing up, God willing, for one more day and learning. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie G. In case you got on late, we are in the big book, page 98, reading the second paragraph only, Burn the Idea into the Consciousness and Sharing on that paragraph. Is there anyone else who would like to share on that paragraph? Simma? Barbara E. Craig F. Barbara E. And Craig Anne Marie D. And Anne Marie D. Okay, Sima, Barbara E., Craig F., and Anne Marie D. 
Sima, why don't you give us the initial of your first last name? Sima M. From New Jersey. Rainy. Since everyone's giving the weather reports. Um, I am a grateful, compulsive overreader living in recovery. Uh, the idea was burned into my head uh, when I came into OA. And I was very fortunate in that 43 years ago. Uh, my second meeting, I happened to uh, come into a, a person that was qualifying on the ninth step. And um, it was he was from AA, and he was very steeped in the big book, kind of like a Joe and Charlie of New York City at that time. And um, since I was already thin when I came in, I didn't come in with the idea that this was a place where I could lose weight. I already knew how to lose weight. So I was confused when they handed me a food plan and told me to call somebody, tell them what I was going to eat because I didn't know how that would happen, uh, how that would work. I was insane. And uh, it was drummed into me from that time that the answers to my problems, to my compulsive overeating, to life were in the big book. That was 43 years ago. I won't say that I was an overnight success. I will say that I never gave up on the idea that I have a higher power and that um, it's not a person. It's not a sponsor. It's not a food plan. Although there were times when I was desperate and I tried to make those things work for me, even though I knew better. But um, I, I'm 66 years old now and I wouldn't go back and live one year of my life over again because the idea is burned into my head. And now I experience the joy of experience of uh, having lived and continue to live in these 12 steps and have faith in God because, as somebody just said, to live through the discomfort was something that I didn't know how to do before. And it doesn't last. It doesn't last if I have faith and I pray that um, I'll be able to live through it so that I can share my experience with others. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sima M. Barbara E. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday to you. It's pretty dismal here in New Jersey since we are weather people today. There are over 300 people on this meeting. I thought we'd all be jumping headfirst into it. When I came into OA, I felt desperate. Yes, I had lost weight. 50 pounds of the 237, I'd lost it. But on the cabbage soup diet, and I was ready to jump out of the window if I ever saw another cabbage in my life. I needed something of depth and weight. I, all I wanted to do was to get to a healthy body weight and stay there. That's what I thought, and that's what I was fortunate enough to achieve. But what I really wanted, really in the inner ear of my heart, was to get some of those nine-step promises. I wanted to feel joyful when I woke up in the morning. I wanted to feel happy that there was a new day where I could be a selfless, honest, resentful, resentment-less, fear-less person. 
because I was riddled with fear. So the St. Francis's Assisi prayer really said it all to me. My abstinence first had to be first. That was primary. But I also wanted to be an instrument of peace. I wanted to, in my family especially, where there was hatred or discord, I should say, let me sow light and joy. Where there was resentment in me, let me gain acceptance. Where there is doubt in me, whether there is a higher power or there isn't, let me get the faith that maybe there is someone, something out there that's looking after me. Where there's, this, where there's despair in the world around me today, let me at least say to others there is hope because where there's darkness, there'll always be light. And if I can remember to pray and listen, instead of being sad, be joyful. Get well regardless of what anyone is doing. I want to be the person that God meant me to be. And even if I can get abstinent and think for a moment I could stay abstinent, these 12 steps can lead me to be the person that my God, if he's out there, meant me to be. And that's what I'm striving for. And I feel that working with others at 12 steps and 11, praying, and reviewing my day and cleaning up my side of the street and getting right with, thank you, getting right with myself and God has meant the world to me. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day, Pat. Thank you, Barbara E. Mary A. Did I? Mary, I'll put you on the list. Craig I'm sorry. That's okay. Good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, this is a pretty powerful little short paragraph, and I notice a couple of things that catch my attention. One of them is that it says burn this idea into their consciousness. And, you know, it doesn't say gently suggest. And, and, and you know, usually that's kind of the instruction we get, you know, that when we, we work with somebody, we... We we don't tell them what to do. We tell them what we did. We tell them what has worked for us. And so, uh, you know, we suggest, we let them identify in. This says burn this idea into their consciousness that he can get well. Reg- 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 someone's uh, someone's unmuted. Please check your phone. Um, Sorry, Craig. And no problem. Anyway that he can get, but what we're burning into their consciousness is that they can get well, uh, regardless of anyone. And that's, uh, um, you know, in in other words, their relationships, their, you know, whether it's a a bad relationship with their parents or their spouse or, or whatever, isn't a a tripping point. Uh, it's, we can get well regardless of any relationship that we have. And then it says the only condition is that he trusts God and clean house. And it doesn't say anything there about how, about how he stays sober. In other words, he can get well, you can get sober, but this paragraph isn't addressing how you stay sober. And there's a big difference. Uh, 
you know, you can get well, you can get, you can get in the program and get recovery. Uh, if you're going to stay sober, there's other places in the book to tell us how we do that. Uh, you know, the working with others and, and doing our daily inventory and our conscious contact with God. Um, that that's, you know, clean house in, in my view means that, you know, working steps one through nine, uh, but the uh, keeping the house clean and keeping sober is a different issue that is addressed in, in, in different places. This is just about how we get sober. And, you know, we think about uh, the four stories and uh, more about alcoholism. Those are people that got sober. It doesn't say for sure whether they cleaned house or not, but what it does tell us is they failed to enlarge their spiritual life. And uh, therefore, they... Uh, they they fell off the wagon again. So I think we have to have to be careful here not to to uh, rest on our laurels at step nine. That we uh, move forward and we we uh, do those habits, those the daily uh, uh, conscious contact, the daily prayer, and uh, the, and the working with others in order to continue to enlarge our spiritual life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. Anne-Marie D. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie E. in Scottsdale. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Sorry I got the initial wrong. Go right ahead. No problem. When I read this, burn into the conscience of every man that he can recover, one of the things that I think of is my early days in OA and I would just say to everyone who's recovered on the line, you never know what you may say that may encourage someone who's struggling. So when I came in early, I could barely get through a meeting without crying through the entire meeting. I was so broken. I had left an abusive marriage. I was hurting. I was in the food. I was a newly single parent. And I could barely even identify as, an compulsive overeater. But one of the things that I heard at the end of every meeting that I attended locally was keep coming back at works when you work it and you're worth it. And for some reason that stood out to me that God was able to help me recover, that the people in those rooms were going to show me the way. And they told me the truth about their recovery. They told me how they were able to progress. They were told told when they had setbacks. And one of the things that's really clear to me, and I love the analogy, that we share our strength and hope, but we also tell people the truth, that it's not a diet, that it's by trusting in God, and then finally it's by cleaning house. I would never imagine that I get to clean my house one time and it's done. I wouldn't imagine that any given day, I don't have to pick up something around the house, that I don't have to clean up something, that before I left the house this morning on the way to the airport, I didn't have to fold some clothes or put some things away. No one would think that it's realistic to clean your house one time in your life and you're done. So we also tell the truth that we clean our spiritual house. We clean up our life. We pay attention. We're vigilant in our recovery. And I'm so, so, so grateful this morning for the people that have gone before me, that have shared 
their strength and hope and recovery. And I share this morning in hopes that there's someone on the line that needs to hear my strength and recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Anne-Marie E. Mary, I believe the last initial is J. I think it's me, Mary A. Oh, Mary A, right. Hi, Mary A. Rebecca? Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rebecca. I hope you can hear me. My voice is kind of hoarse. Good morning, everybody. This is Mary A from New Jersey. And um, I haven't shared in quite a few years on here. I was a part of uh, listening to Vision for many years. Um, and um, for 12 years in another in another group. But first, I just want to say uh, this paragraph again. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And so, um, you know, I have been with another food group for over 12 years, and I have always wanted to come to OA. And then it was one day um, when I heard a girl from New Jersey uh, speak, and she said she was from Parsippany. I said, my goodness, I'm going to be able to, this was about a year ago, go to my first face-to-face, and so I started going. And then um, in the last August, I found my brother-in-law dead. He had lied there for 17 days. He went through the wood. It was enormous. But anyway, his death made such an impact upon me. And that December, I had an argument with my boss, and the next morning, I became insane after many, many years of abstinence. And every day, all I could say was, God, please help me. Please, I cry. God, I am so sick. I just can't go back to meetings. I just can't. I just can't do the work. But please, and all I did was that. And, and you know, the miracle came. The miracle came. 20 days ago that I had my first day one. I started, I broke with my old group, though I go to meetings there, but I was able to be truthful for the first time and say um, that I wasn't doing their program, that I would really be led by God to another program. And both are so beautiful. But when this line says to just trust in God and clean house, I knew that God had told me so many years ago. I was in my kitchen, 250 pounds. And when I get a vision from God, it's an interior vision. And I saw a deep black sky, but I saw the the sun starting to come up in the morning. It was dawn, I guess. And I clearly heard God say to me, Mary, just as you cannot force the sun to come up in the morning, you cannot force a spiritual awakening. But I promise you, if you just come to these meetings, you will Three have minutes, a spiritual Mary. awakening. And so I did. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mary A. Again, we're sharing on one paragraph. It's the second paragraph on page 98. 
And it begins with burn the idea. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Lisa B. Lisa B. Marcia Cheryl A. a. Kristen I R. I think I heard, okay, wait one second. I heard Cheryl A. And did I hear Marsha or Martha? Martha S. Martha, say the last initial. S is in Sam. S. Okay, and then who was after that? Jody, maybe. Chris. Jody. 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 And was there a, a Chris? Kristen R. Yes. Kristen R. Okay, I don't know if we'll have time for everyone, but was there one other name who was trying to speak? Morrissey. Morrissey. Okay, so we have um, 15 minutes and one, two, three, four, five, six people. Six. Uh, so if why don't we try two and a half minutes each and see how it goes? Okay, Lisa B., go right ahead. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Rebecca. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, consciousness means awake, aware. So I need to assume that they're awake and aware to hear this. And my role as a person that is sharing with someone that is not yet recovered is to hopefully disturb them enough um, that they will, uh, you know, be willing to hear this message. And it it sounds like this person may be in a place of desperation, you know, if they're so nervous or anxious that maybe their their case is different and that they may not recover. And that's a good place to be, you know, um, being in that kind of flat line place of, well, I could take it or leave it, or I don't know if I'm really as hopeless um, as you are, or I don't really identify with Bill's story um, in the big book. That you know, I may not be able to reach them. Someone is unmuted, and there, there's a lot of noise in the background. But I, I wanted to share something um, with all of you, and that is the, the gratitude I have of meeting someone that was properly armed with the facts about herself as a real compulsive overeater and what it is to get recovered, that she wasn't just full of encouraging, soothing words. I needed beyond encouraging, soothing words. And I needed to know what the message of depth and weight is, what this big book is trying to share with me. And she was able to encapsulate that in a very brief conversation with me. And I knew that, wow, this is a message that this person is going somewhere. I want what this person has. And the thing is that there are so many people around the rooms that for years just offered me encouragement, which is nice, but they never really offered me the actual roadmap of, how to do it, you know, how, how do you get recovered? And the other thing I wanted to share um, with all of you is, oh, God, it just left my mind, but I guess consciousness and being armed with the facts about myself, hopefully being able to disturb someone and kind of um, puncture through their web of denial, which is what I had all around me. And only my higher power can help me to do that. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Cheryl A. Is it possible that I thought I heard a Cheryl A when it wasn't Cheryl A? Martha S. 
Good morning. This is Martha S., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Upstate New York. Thank you for your service. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. I just wanted to share that coming into the program four years ago as an agnostic, I was not able to trust in a higher power. I didn't really believe in one yet. Um, that trust has, for me, had to come as a result of working through the steps. They tell us in step 12, having had a spiritual awakening, awakening as the result of these steps. So for me, trust came as a result of experiencing each step and experiencing how my higher power helped me through those steps. And that trust and reliance is something that um, helps me every day throughout the day now. But it, but it wasn't there in steps one, two, or three, or four. Uh, started a little bit in five, and then I've started to really feel it in step nine. And it's deepened in steps 10, 11, and 12 every day. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there in case there are other people who feel like they might be agnostic or even an atheist. Um, and the cleaning house, it just it just reminds me, as, as has been shared, is that we don't clean house once in step four. Um, step four instructions tell us that, you know, a an in, an, uh, business that takes an inventory once is going to go broke. So I have to continue to take personal inventory every day and watch for my defects as they come up and then ask, and then do what? Um, I feel like I have to find a fellow to share my defects with in order to have them removed. Um, not every time. I can trust in my higher power and ask my higher power. I can say the seven-step prayer. My creator, I'm now willing that, that you should have all of me good and bad. And uh, the rest of the seven-step prayer. So I can trust my higher power to remove those defects that are blocking me from being useful to him and helpful to my fellows. And if it's still bothering me, then I can certainly call a fellow and share it and ask for their feedback and their experience. But I can trust in God first and foremost throughout the day. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Martha S. Judy E.B. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody E.Q. in Monterey, California, which is cool and foggy, but it's surrounded by burning hot California. So this word burn is very pertinent to me. Uh, When you burn, I haven't been in a fire in California, but I know people who have. And when you're around a burning forest or your house is burning, or your hair is on fire, it's pretty serious. It's very serious. And it's going to burn into your consciousness. You're never going to forget it. So we're being, it's being suggested that we burn this idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. So regardless of their family, regardless of their boss, regardless of uh, their sponsor or their lack of a sponsor. They can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition being that he trusts in God and clean house. 
And as was just suggested, we don't, we don't trust in God when we get here necessarily. We might and we might not. But if we take these steps one by one, thoroughly, completely, honestly, fearlessly, searchingly, we will, in the end, trust in God because this process is a spiritual process. So we clean house. First, physically, by getting abstinent. That's the first cleaning that we do. We clean our body. And then we begin to clean ourselves spiritually by following these 12 steps. As, as thoroughly as we can, we urge you to do this process because it works and it's an amazing, transforming spiritual experience. We hope that you will join us and follow these steps completely all the way through. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. I'm sorry I got your name wrong. Kristen R. Did I get that one right? Yes, that's correct. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Kristen R. I live in Virginia, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, Just to qualify... I asked my husband before I was in program for a dozen cupcakes for my 40th birthday. So to all of you out there who don't know me, um, I am you. Um, I have to clean house every single morning. I've worked the steps. I'm abstinent. I'm even what you might call recovered. I have sponsees. And every morning I wake up with huge dust balls in my attic. And I got a lot of people to blame for that. I got my kids to blame. I got my husband to blame. I got my parents. One's dead. I still blame him. And you know what? That's my spiritual sickness when I'm blaming other people. And that's why I have to wake up every morning, trust God, and clean house. Because it has been burned into my brain that if I do those two things and be of service, then, then I can live in the sunlight of the spirit. But I can't live in the sunlight of the spirit unless I do those things. And the part about trusting God, I have such a hard time with that one, such a hard time. And yesterday I heard something that really resonated with me, which is I don't trust, I'm certain. And when I say I'm certain that God's going to help me today, then I actually feel it. I feel certain God's going to help me today. As long as I clean house, which means do the steps, wake up every morning, step one, I'm powerless, step two, but I believe there is a higher power restoring me to sanity, and step three, I make a decision right now to turn all my crazy over to that power. And I get up, I make my inventory, I call someone if I need to, and then I think about what character defects need to go today and what character assets need to stay, and then I get into service. And those are the steps just the steps. It's that simple. So keep coming back. You're worth it. Thanks, everybody. I pass. Thanks, Kristen R. Maura Z. Thanks, Rebecca. Hi. While you're getting on, it turns out Cheryl A. was muted, and she would like to share. So if you could do two minutes, I'll give Cheryl two minutes. Thank you. I'll pass. Let Cheryl go ahead. My morning got away from me. Thank you, Rebecca. Morris B. Thank you. Cheryl A. 
Hi, this is Shirley. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Maura. I would love to hear you later. Thank you. Um, but you did not have to do that. Um, this is Cheryl A., a uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Boston, Massachusetts, but currently in Canada. Um, it really helped me to just remind, um, to reread just what came right before that word burn, um, to try to understand the emphasis of burn the idea. And and if we remember what we just read in the previous days, it, we were talking about the alcoholic who um, is the one that was like trying to focus on their physical needs. The one that, um, the one that was able and willing to recover with little charity in the ordinary sense um, of the word um, is, is not what they were talking about. They were talking about the one who was crying for all their physical needs to be met and looking to, to others to have those needs met, whether it be for money or for other kinds of things. And, um, and then it talked to us about it's not it's not the matter of giving that's in question, but how we do that. And at some point, because we don't want them to rely, we don't want people to rely on us rather than their higher power, God. And it's job or no job, wife or no wife. We we all need to know that our circumstances don't determine whether we can recover. And then it says, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. Because it's not about the individuals that we think can cure us. It's about a higher power and it just takes so long and it took so long for me to realize it wasn't about a sponsor and it wasn't about that healer or that course or that anything that's out there. It's not, so it has to be burned into me because it just, I have to break down so much denial that, that there's still somehow a way to control this thing through myself or others. And, um, that was what that word burn meant to me, like break away that shell, burn it off to get to the real core, which is that we can all recover. And it's really, really, it's hard, but it's really simple. And it's all about a higher power. Thanks so much. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Cheryl A. Anybody want to share for one minute? Maura Z, if you're still available, you could. Hi, Rebecca F. Yes, I'll take a minute. This is Maura Z, recovered in Virginia. Burn into the consciousness of every man. It was finally burned into the consciousness of me about five and a half years ago that I could do this as long as I took someone else with me and that someone else is God. And that is how I then share that with my sponsees. They don't have to have a God at step one. They just have to have a belief that there is a power greater than themselves at step two. They just have to have a belief. And in step three, they only have to make a decision to turn their will and their life over to God. And that's what I did in my step three. And once you've made that decision, then you go forth. You know you've turned your will and your life over. You know you came to believe. You trust in that power. 
and that takes you through the rest of the steps. And it's taken me through the rest of the steps. And because of God's grace, I celebrated four years of abstinence and recovered yesterday. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Maura Z. Happy anniversary, or away birthday. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for your opportunity and for the opportunity to be of service. The reference number for this meeting, Monday, August twentieth, two thousand eighteen, seven a.m. Eastern Time, is eleven eight ten. That's one one eight one zero. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Martha Z. I'm a compulsive a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.